Hi everyone. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of From Scratch, a podcast that explores the world of STEM and startups. Today we will be joined by Priyanka Kamath as we learn about entrepreneurship. Ms. Kamath is the CEO of Workbox.io, a conceptual skills DAO with player builder job economy, and is an entre- engineer turned entrepreneur. She spearheaded PepsiCo's North America to combat cyber threats with data innovation for high impact with approximately 500 million security uh, programs. She worked at the World Bank and is passionate about bringing digital literacy to marginalized communities in 2010. She has been invited to the United Nations to share her experience of empowering women through education and is currently executing our flagship from 100 Girls in Blockchain. So thank you so much for coming and being the first guest in our podcast. I'm so Thanks, excited. Wow, that was such a, you know, perfect intro. I mean, um, <laughs> It just sums up uh, the essence of, of what I do. And, you know, it just gives me more mo- momentum to do what I do. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Um, speaking of, I think the first question, honestly, should be like, what drew you into the world of like engineering and entrepreneurship? What was your inspirations? Absolutely, Isha. That's such a pivotal question, uh, especially for the girls coming on board uh, to STEM. Um, you know, it's it just... Um, um, occurred to me like you know when we are in India I was I grew up here all my life um we've been uh, uh developing nations ever since our independence like you know for 75 mm-hmm. years now and um there's 1.5 billion mouths to feed and uh, if we need to do this on a scalable way and uh, you know on a broader solution um tech is the only way to you know reach out to this kind of a scale so that always was um you know behind of my um mind and uh, i was very much interested in um you know how I grew up watching Dexter's Lab all my like childhood. That's where you know it just uh, stuck to me that way. You you were able to make a dent in the universe sitting right in your laboratory that could be built in your bedroom, and um, you know that's where the journey began. We uh, we did um, a lot of these um, side projects. um, You know when we were in college for shelter homes, trying to get um, digital literacy uh, campaigns run, uh, trying to get basic uh, computers um, to uh, you know students across and these were underserved communities and uh, you know that's where we realized that hey we're giving them resources uh, we're giving them all these opportunities but why are they not um, you know very gung-ho about computers because they don't know how to use it um, mm-hmm. So we started actually, you know, um, I had a good group of volunteers that I used to kind of um, spearhead campaigns with. And, um, you know, we started building out um, uh, these STEM kind of um, uh, play playstations. It's it's sort of like, you know, how do you um, how do you draw on paint? And we showed that through a cardboard, like we just took like random cardboards and we show, show them how computer looks like, how does uh, it interact with the processor, how does the interpreter language work. So all of those things, you know, kind of led me to understand that, uh, you know, the basic foundational elements are needed to understand why a computer is even needed. Why do you even need to build that mobile app? And that's where the journey started uh, through these uh, STEM toys that we made for shelter homes. That's really nice. So is that how like workbooks like started mainly um, through building such like uh, simulations for kids? That's um that's a very good point. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, it it is the reason why we exist with workbooks today because um 
we we are a skill dao which means we're building skill equity across uh, you know pan india and developing nations as such and trying to bring uh, more girls onto stem but um, in order to get to work box i did have to go through uh, you know my 10 years of um, corporate uh, life and that's where i learned uh, my business skills as well which i feel is extremely important and building that emotional skill um, emotional you know quotient building that muscle is also very important when because you need to deal with a certain strata of the society which thinks nothing like you and you know they've not had exposure mm-hmm. um so um, we just started understanding that hey look let's get the fundamentals right for these students um for that you know uh, my first mvp that had come on board uh, was a skilled recommendation engine and this skilled recommendation engine kind of you know lets you know what are the five career paths you can get into so you put your five skills you put a pass out date and it'll curate five career paths for you so that's how it actually started and then i moved into the conceptual skill dao which seemed more like um you know the path to freedom with decentralization um considering the boom um that blockchain took and you know the um curve that it took um during 2020 uh, to 2022 so that's why we thought hey you know we could do this better at web3 where we can reach more developing nations that's really nice um so you were talking about like blockchain what specifically is blockchain great i love the question so um you know blockchain really um is nothing but a distributed ledger um how we have you know all of these data stored currently in you know our databases that's currently all binary data that's stored um we just translating all of that into a digital ledger where we're storing data in forms of like a unique hash id that means it is you know built upon these three principles of um, you know blockchain which is immutability security and transparency that means um, with the unique hash id anybody can trace out you know what kind of um, app dap you're building and you know they can come and join your open source code uh, they could start building on top of your layer and that's where the collaboration piece fits in where i sitting in india can start working with the folks in silicon valley over my own dap that could be utilized uh, you know for education in nigeria and it doesn't need to be um it 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 doesn't need to be hidden from anyone because like you know we we we're doing skill equity work and we want our work to be um more transparent and seen and the best thing about the unique hash id is um it is tamper proof so even if a hacker wants to come and um you know hack it like he would have to break the entire chain which doesn't work that means it cannot be hacked um so while it's still this this whole concept is still um needed to be made foolproof um but we we are seeing a rapid adoption already um you know with the big companies like walmart and pepsico already having a large chunk of their databases on the digital ledger so blockchain in a sense is a digital ledger Oh okay that gives you a little background I wasn't really sure what blockchain was at the beginning um yeah. but yeah so for like for your company um did you start with like the initial goal of like mainly like spreading digital literacy and then did you expand the goal or was it like do you still have the same goal as from the beginning of when you established the company 
Uh, such such well thought questions. I'm so proud <laughs> of you. <laughs> so um, it it uh, definitely you know um, it is my second venture uh, as to say my first venture is the first um, you know skill recommendation engine that we built and that is more of a web two game that you know we wanted to build on because um, um, we like me and my team we understood the need for you know how a confused frustrated depressed student needs to understand where they want to harness their skills in life. And uh, at least in India, you know, where we come from, we do see the broken education system where there's a herd mentality that takes everyone towards medicine or engineering or mm -hmm. accounting. And uh, the goal was to make it more equitable in terms of get into any domain that you are passionate about because that will never burn you and you will go farther in life. Um, so that the skill recommendation engine was, uh, you know, one way of looking at building skill equity. Uh, but with, you know, amping up the game to Web3, the decentralization part, um, we thought, hey, why not? Why just skill recommendation engine? Why not just build a whole economy around the students where, um, you know, a student gets opportunities on basis of skill tokens. Um, mm -hmm. So as you said earlier, uh, there is a player builder jobber economy. Players are the students who come on board. They learn through gamification. Um, again, this is all in pilot phase right now. We're just doing pilots here and there and seeing how it falls. Uh, builders are the developers who build games and, you know, who basically train these students. And jobbers are the one who uh, hire the students based on the skill token that the student earns during their milestones through the cohort. Um, so that skill token essentially should talk about the learner. It shouldn't matter if they've just passed out of high school or if they're just getting into grad school or they've like done their PhD. It's how much of skill token because for all I know, Isha Shanoi might have like <laughs> 10,000 skill tokens and I might have, you know, say 1,000 skill tokens. Like age and experience doesn't matter in today's time. So that's where we wanted to, um, you know, expand our vision. So yeah, definitely we kind of did go exponential on our skill recommendation and built a whole economy around it. That's really that's really nice, actually. It's I haven't seen many things around us um, here. At least like in school, we have mainly we have classes and everything, but we don't really have like places where we apply it. Um, right. Like many times, yeah. Um, so mainly, like I was. I was wondering, like, you said you worked in, like, the corporate world for, like, a couple of years before you started your own company. Like, what made, like, what was the push that, like, pushed you in from becoming, uh, to, into becoming an entrepreneur? Oh, my, my. Uh, this this needs a po podcast of its own um, because <laughs> it's the frustration of an, um, you know, immigrant life. Uh, so uh, I did start my corporate uh, journey in India. Uh, my mm -hmm. first company was Wipro and um, I'm, I was very happy that, um, uh, you know, I was able to get to prove my mettle and get an opportunity to go to U.S. Um, so I did a couple of projects for Wipro and, you know, they selected me to go to a work in New Jersey, um, which is the U.S. Um, headquarters. Um, and uh, this is really an opportunity working on uh, intranet portals that could actually automate workflows and data uh, to the entire organization. So I saw, um, you know, how pivotal of a role it played. But um, so I kept going because it kind of gave the 
that hey, I am doing something. Uh, my work is contributing to you know drug discovery programs through the world. So I went through it. Uh, but I, I went on hop on hop, uh, you know, through the kind of role that would fit me. So I started off as a web developer, moved on to become a, um, sorry, I started off as a systems engineer with Wipro. And then when I came to US, I was a web developer, I moved on to technology consulting and then product management because um, I've been that kind of a curious soul who's like, I, I think I need to do more. I think I need this role will fit me. And that curiosity bug kind of, you know, got me to product management. And um, I knew at that time that, you know, the entrepreneurship was my calling and I was good with data. I was good with people. And there was this, you know, skill equity bug that kept uh, biting me. Um, but I was still very logged into the American corporate system. Uh, with my H1B, everybody knows how infamous H1B <laughs> is because, um, yeah. uh, you know, there's just so many hurdles. You can't even visit um, your family when when you need to because there's just stamping stuff and all of that. Uh, but of course, things are getting better now. Um, so I was, um, you know, in um, Canada during that time from one of my projects with PepsiCo. And um, it was during the pandemic that I had taken the flight back. And I knew that I didn't want to uh, go back to US in the pandemic again because I wanted to stay close to my parents and definitely knew that all this experience that I took from corporate America, I'd want to translate it into doing something better for my country. Um, and uh, that's why that's why I was like, hey, if you're not changing our parts in the pandemic, like nothing would move you. So, yeah, that that's where the whole amalgamation of my journey from Novartis to PepsiCo um, was, you know, it, it felt the right time in the pandemic that I could use it or better. Mm, that's really nice. Um, so, yeah. So you said like you pushed from like engineer to entrepreneur, right? Like mainly, what what are like the biggest changes you see in like uh, between like being an engineer and an entrepreneur? Is it like the same skill set, or like did you have to learn different things to like really be successful as an entrepreneur? Wow, Isha, firstly, I'm so proud of these questions. Like I, I I've done a few <laughs> panel interviews, but these are so well thought of because it's going to open avenues for so many other girls, just like you and everyone for that matter, not just girls but yeah this is so great engineering and entrepreneurship I do see a holy union in terms of um, you know the different um, the, the, the problem solving ability right so as an engineer you will take your tech stack and you will try to solve that problem but you go deeper uh, you, um, you know, you're using your entire tech stack and just going like, you know, vertically with entrepreneurship, like you have to don multiple hats. And, um, you know, if one day you're dealing with finances, next day you're dealing with product and then you're dealing and you're actually sitting um, for customer calls and like, you know, solving their problems. So it's just uh, a different range altogether, but the essence of it lies in the problem solving spirit. Uh, which I see is both in engineering and entrepreneurship, uh, but definitely two different aspects. Entrepreneurship is more wide and engineering is more deep. Okay, yeah, that's strange. Um, so when you like started off your company, did you find in your like journey, did you find any like unexpected like results, like both positive and negative? Like what was something that surprised you about the transition? Oh, 
you should let me tell you about it i mean <laughs> um you know we started off in the pandemic that was i it could have been you know either ways it could have like completely like put us on a pedestal or completely crushed us uh, so it it did uh, kind of work in a good way for us we were getting doors open because everybody needed the uh, you know uh, saw the need to upskill in a pandemic um so we got more doors open we, we were picked up by amazon at start um and we were the innovator 2021 so that gave us a good boost that hey we're doing something right here um but uh, we were unable to monetize the product and you know that was like a biggest um that was a biggest fall because uh, everybody that came and approached to us were like hey you know we're going to take a product we're going to put it to you know our mooc as they say the online courses and the skill recommendation will basically tell to the person what course you want but they wanted to white label it and we were like hey this is our baby we can't white label it um you know we need to go with our branding so um at that point branding was more important for us than monetization which is the biggest mistake as an entrepreneur you should always see how you can monetize for long term long term sustainability um so that was one pitfall we should have probably just gone and sold our product so we knew how many would benefit so that was one big learning and uh, we're using those lessons in workbox now so we're finding all kinds of multiple revenue um generation you know avenues and uh, it's working quite well for us um we just did get uh, grants from ethereum foundation as well which was started by vitalik so bringing more girls to blockchain now that's really nice i really love your like mission statement of like bringing more girls into like the engineering and entrepreneurship field i feel like that's very needed especially nowadays um so it's it's, it's, it's a really male like dominated field so I really love the mission statement. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um and then you said you had like talked uh like presented in like the um United Nations if I'm right. Uh yeah, United Nations about like right. empowering women in like STEM. So what what did you mainly like talk about and when you presented? Absolutely. So um this was um serendipity of my sort. I was working in New Jersey at that point. Um this was around 2014-2015. Um mm-hmm. of course I was there from you know 2013 to 2015 but uh, um every single time I used to just look for opportunities to volunteer and get more girls in STEM. Um so I, I used to always like um you know look at the community colleges and see hey do they have programs going on or um even big companies like um Microsoft um and Google hold these kind of um, you know workshops um so I think because of that your algorithm is also your best friend because it kept throwing me where these stem events are happening where anything to do with Indian diaspora is happening and it just threw me this um indian um sorry the united nations diwali event mm-hmm. and i applied for it and this uh, they 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 picked my application and uh, i was very surprised to know that the next thing i know i get a call and say hey you know you can do a fundraiser here in united nations and you can talk to all the diplomats and raise for your foundation um so at that point i was heading the digital literacy for uh, school foundation in india which 
uh, does um, you know academic nutritional and mental health work uh, for parentally bright children so we had about 260 children um, in a shelter home and uh, you know, we were trying to raise money for their education and um, I to the United Nations. As I was going to me, this is like a small shelter home in India, and you know, like, why would they even bother? But I was so surprised. We had this amazing, uh, like, stall corner in United Nations, New York, at court, and it was like a Bali event that we had, and all of these diplomats. Um, they gave me a lot of boost and encouragement. Some even did, uh, you know, uh, give out of the pocket, uh, just seeing, I think, authenticity. And I even did get some compliments, like, better you remind us of our younger age. <laughs> and I think that, that was the best compliment ever. So I think they saw some kind of conviction, Isha. And this is what I want to emphasize on. If you are in it with a good intent, I'm sure it will be recognized. And that 2014 event again led me to, um, you know, one of the diplomats calling um, me back and saying, "Hey, you know, um, I'll just show you around UN, and you know, you can just uh, look look out for other projects if you want to work on." So it was more of a pro bono thing. It was not like an official. Um, you know, um, UN position that I had. Like I said, I was an invitee. So uh, 2014 and 2015. So it kind of was the game changer for me because like, when these diplomats who just met me like 24 hours believing, I should be believing more in myself and do more of the skill equity work. So I guess that's where it all started. Oh, that's, that's really inspiring, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like you were... Yeah, so you were I mean, your goal is like mainly spreading like digital literacy. I was wondering like how how did that play into your life? Like I see you went to like Stanford. Um, how was education like a big thing in your life? Right. Thank you so much. So um, you know, firstly, um, I'm um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but it, your video and your audio is cutting out a bit. So maybe if you like uh, turn it on and turn it off, I think it'll be better. Yeah, let me do that. Any better? Is it any better? Is that any better? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a little bit, bit better. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, firstly, the uh, let me address the Stanford part. So, Stanford uh, came into picture through my entrepreneurship. So, this is a South or uh, East Asia cohort uh, where mm-hmm. you know they pick up um, like startups, they pick up social enterprises, and actually groom them to get escape velocity. So, it's technically Stanford Seed. I think you must have seen that everywhere in my profile. Uh, so, Stanford mm-hmm. Seed is basically the entrepreneurship wing. Uh, where the Stanford Graduate Business School kind of picks up, um, you know, applications. And this is exclusive for South Asia because um, apparently not many entrepreneurs get the kind of, um, you know, VC backing and funding as their Western counterparts. Um, so good on Stanford seat for doing this. Um, but uh, yeah, coming back to your question, like, you know, wh- how did I get myself into the whole education game? It's a very interesting story that I never got to do my master's. 
even now <laughs> like i i i have stanford on my resume but it's because of my venture so um that's where i understood that hey it's probably not always about masters um it it's just about the skills that you pick up and that learning mindset and you know your resilient spirit that will take you to places uh, which also got me the uh, united um states offer the us uh, offer that i got so um of course not everyone might have my own journey they might have to do masters and only then get that us offer so i will not recommend everybody uh, not to do their masters but i would definitely want to recommend entrepreneurship to everyone because uh, when they are in their college uh, which was undergrad here that's the time when you know you have the world view and you have the time and you have the resilience to build um, and you're probably going to learn so much more in entrepreneurship than you'll ever do with a master degree um so if the girls and boys were listening here and you you don't know where you want to go to during your undergrad it is go to your nearest incubation cell and you know build that product and just get it out and you know we're here to support you that's really nice actually um so my my school at the end of the year for our engineering courses we do a thing called the entrepreneurship project i was actually just working on it before this um with my team so do you have any like tips of like it's like creating like a product and like any like what's your like process when you're creating a product absolutely isha i mean you know uh, the the funny thing about entrepreneurship is there is no defined roadmap for anyone mm-hmm. um and uh, each one will find their own journey through either say when they are right in high school like you or when they are in their undergrad so one thing one foundational element which i definitely saw working for all age groups is um if you're having a pain point that is actually bothering you and you are able to go that extra mile to figure out the problem that itself kind of becomes your product uh, roadmap so by that what i mean is hey um i didn't have the money to go do my masters um and in a international like you know co- college and i always wanted to do that in america um so i had to work my way to get to america so i took all of those lessons and um then came up with a product which where people don't have to like you know earn degrees to get a job where they can just build uh, on their skills so because this was my own pain point i was able to make that product uh, roadmap so um if you personally feel something strongly um go ahead and build on that i think they mm-hmm. they you will not find competitors even if you find competitors they will not bring the passion that you bring and they might burn out and you won't so oh. that's one thing focus on the pain point that you face and build on it <laughs> so i think your journey is like really incredible of like going and creating your own company so what would you tell yourself like when you were starting your company from everything you know now what are like key pointers you would tell yourself like your past self Oh man yes absolutely um i do have these um you know five mantras first is you know you do need to fill your cup before you pour out uh, because mm-hmm. as the ceo you would want to like you know go on this chop chop mode um but at the end of the day if you're draining yourself out you will not be able to wake up um on you know from the bed next day so make sure uh, you take time out for yourself uh, reboot and then go to your team with full capacity um the second um definitely you know is um um innovate 
and every single day see what you can optimize uh, for productivity for performance and uh, you know for scalability um so every single day if you do this little by little um in in few months like you know you will be indispensable and um, at least you will have an edge about the competition so innovate every single day even if it's like you know optimizing like macros in your excel sheet that also i call it innovation because you are somewhere saving uh, 5 hours of time than your competitors who have not done those macros um mm-hmm. the third point you know definitely obsess with customer like spend more time with the customer my customer is a student here so if you're saying you are wanting to do a podcast at any time i will be there for you <laughs> because i want to speak to you want to learn more about you and you know mm-hmm. um see how i can build better for you um so the fourth is obviously after customer obsession is definitely your team obsession make sure you know your team is what the company is um the farther they go the farther the company will go so always um acknowledge them in um you know open like you know like congratulate them in open but then if you want to um give them critical feedback always do that uh, you know in person and in close behind closed doors um just nurture them like you know your own members and like your own tight circle um the fifth point uh, definitely you know would be on um how you uh, how how you get to monetize like not many people get into the field of entrepreneurship thinking monetize i'm telling this for my personal pain point because the first skill recommendation engine we were like we're going to do great to the world and you know we're going to um solve all of the skilling problems but we couldn't scale big because we couldn't monetize so monetize monetize um find out that revenue generating channel and build upon that yeah yeah that's it's very insightful yeah you were speaking about how you're like how you keep your like team motivated so how would you when when creating when you have like a business idea how would you make your team like how do you divide up who does what and like mainly have that like healthy balance of like everyone contributing absolutely oh i love this question it's so critical <laughs> to our day to day and um you know it's it's good that's one good thing about startup where it's a lean team and you're like probably building with 6 to 10 members uh, who are your first employees right and they understand so no matter who joins the company we actually get them with a, a you know like a presentation which first says like what is the goal it's not about what role are you a designer are you a product developer are you a engineer no you all are contributing towards skill equity and you all are trying to build this jobber economy that we call the pbj economy the player builder jobber so we tell them that is the end goal everybody is a ceo department and i'm just you know a catalyst trying to make them go forward um so we do have uh, pillars divided so we do have like a engineering pillar and a business pillar um so the engineering pillar is mainly driven by my cto um he's a astrophysicist turned data scientist so i have a like you know i have a huge benchmark <laughs> single day at work because he's he's a sheer genius um so um i I've like completely given the technology reins to him and uh, he has his own like a uh, data team there's a developer team there is a designer team 
Um, so the data team gives us like insightful, um, you know, um, pipelines to build on, um, understanding, you know, what would actually get the company further. Uh, the designers are who can crack the psyche for a customer because UI UX is everything. Um, and, uh, you know, we would want to get to the psyche of the students. So, you know, it needs to be fun and it needs to be immersive learning. Um, and of course, the developer team is, you know, they're, they're a mix of like backend, frontend uh, folks, and uh, it's all taken care of uh, by my CTO. Uh, the business is predominantly me and, uh, you know, uh, my marketing folks, my student volunteer base, uh, our campus guides, um, who basically are spread across India. And um, uh, I basically, you know, we have like uh, almost touch base uh, every week and uh, we try to check in on even their mental health. Like if somebody is feeling low, I will make sure I go and check on the person after that call and see what's bothering them. I feel those little nuances have got me a long way because they know I'm in it for them. And it's not for some selfish reason of me making profits. Uh, but wanting to see them grow in the company. Oh, that's it's really well well motivated and like well built team you have. Yeah, I find it's, it's not easy. Yeah, it's, it's I can I can tell. Yeah, it's for well from personal experience when I'm in engineering. Like for us, our classes are mainly like thirty five kids, and then there's like eight girls. So whenever we have like projects, it's always just like all girls, and then like all boys teams. And oh, for me, like, yeah, it's no, the, for, there's not much diversity in ours. And like oh. every year for like the entrepreneurship project, we, uh, we, I have a team of all girls and we always create something like that helps women. And since it's like a democracy to get into the second round, your class has to vote. So it's like, for us, it's like, it's really hard to get like more votes from like the boys, especially because they don't understand like the problems and such. So how do you like spread the knowledge of like, of the problem you're addressing like how do you make others aware absolutely so um firstly i'm still processing everything that you said that you have your own <laughs> internal battle um to get the words from boys um but yeah i i have been there and that that might just lead you to your own venture uh but yeah coming to your question um you know how do we get more people to um you know basically believe in our product right so um we showcase where it benefits them like if i go talk um you know so we uh we of course run uh, cohorts and workshops across colleges um of course we are predominantly skilling girls at this point but our teaching assistants are boys and we i've got more questions from boys saying why can't we come join the cohort why is there no cohort for boys yet um but that's because i've been talking to them and their pain points and showcase um since we are into blockchain scaling, like how blockchain is going to impact their lives and their careers. And on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, just um, um, say if somebody wants to transact, um, especially these are 16 to 21 year old, and uh, if they want to go to US and they want to send money back home, right? Like you'll always have to look at the conversion rates and you'll have to look at uh, what is a bank charging you for sending money. So, um, it's your money that you're trying to send to your family. So why would one want to pay to the bank plus extra, uh, right? And it's a hard, uh, hard on student money. So when they see that, hey, you know, this can be solved through decentralization and through blockchain, they immediately buy into the vision of, you know, what we are trying to do. Um, and if you're going and saying, hey, you know, we're building for farmers, we're actually showcasing how blockchain 
um, integrates with the farmer first mile to end mile problems. Um, we're showcasing how, uh, you know, this particular traceability solution we are bringing for, for these farmers through our flagship program um, is able to get them more profits and able to even showcase water credits and showcase like, you know, the farmer details to the end consumer, which would ultimately benefit the farmer. So um, it depends on use case to use case. So based on our target demographic, um, we go and uh, basically sell the vision and build a vision to sell it. So um, we just can't sell what we want to. It can't be just one narrative. Um, it needs to be tailored to who the end consumer is, and we do that. Oh, you say you like target it towards one group, and then you keep expanding from that of Absolutely. like different groups. Yeah, um, that's really that's really nice. Actually, it's like for us, it's like mainly whenever we create a product, it's just directed towards one per one group, and it's very hard to like find like people to relate. So, yeah, um, that, yeah that's honestly. Yeah really really nice no i was just thinking like you know hey it, it couldn't it be targeted to the you know girls and women in the boys lives and i think they would know the value of your product yeah yeah, yeah. um because we do have some menstrual companies, yeah and we, we show them how it's going to be helpful for them um moms and sisters and girlfriends yeah mm -hmm. so yeah um so yeah. when you were like planning like a solution and stuff do you mainly focus like on the big idea of like setting up like milestones and such or do you focus like on the small details and go like baby steps oh my you know somebody who solved this can solve anything in life <laughs> this is such a brilliant question i should like firstly pat, pat your back <laughs> this is our daily struggle like you know if we want to make those long-term changes it's always the long run underlining statement it's always planning and achieving milestones in the long run but it can only happen through compounding daily changes um so you just need to figure out you know just need to reverse engineer where you want to achieve um you know your end goal so if it's like making um say 10 million um you know by the end of this year i will reverse engineer on you know how to make about uh, you know say 1.5 million every month um, so that would be my end goal. And from there, I would want to reverse engineer month on month and see what are the small tasks it would need to take me on a daily basis to reach that 1.5 million, you know, per month. Um, so it technically goes there, but you start on your summit and you just reverse engineer from there. That's, a, it's, that's it's a not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that's a that's a better way to think about it than usually like... Yeah. But mainly for us, like in school, we're taught like the small details, but we never really know what the what the end goal is. Um, so yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like that's a much better like thought process too. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. And if you noted, I told um, you know, I did spike it up a little bit more because you wanna like um calculate in your profits and not just make that revenue goal of you know ten million. Just see how you would be able to inculcate profits also because you wanna stay ahead of the competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So speaking of that, what are your like future goals for like Workbox? Like, what do you plan? How do you see the company expanded in like say like five years or ten years? Like, or even like at end of this year? How, how do you see it growing? And like, what are your plans to grow? Absolutely right. What a um. I love thinking about this and sleeping every night. <laughs> so, yeah, you know the the whole goal is to ensure that 
anybody who has skills gets a job um and there are at least i start with india because it is a silver lining even in a global economic meltdown india has a silver lining so for all the 16 million students out there uh, in india graduating um we want to ensure jobs for everyone right so it, it we've just started going from um you know south india now and we're just penetrating towards the north um and uh, once we have uh, you know at least um 70% of the market that we've acquired uh, from the north and the south i think we will be in a good shape to um skill all of these uh, students in blockchain and kind of place them in good jobs uh, because their students they can be honed with the they don't need to have a prior blockchain experience that's what we're trying to bring and uh, we're getting offers from um us uh, especially the valley and um, very interestingly from south africa berlin um and uh, we've gotten a few applications from um yeah italy as well so um, we just want to see how we can go global from here uh, because it's a different learning mindset everywhere um we do see a difference between you know the us students and the india students us students um do have a lot of hands on exposure through their curriculum uh, right from school which is not the case um in south so um we try to go to the western hemisphere and see how we can break that um, you know um target demographic with the right tools to build on their skills so yeah it's uh, it's going to be global domination from here on <laughs> that's that I love that mindset of like expanding to like everyone and anyone it's very right. it's very like confident and proactive yeah um so now I want to do like mainly like not turn away from the entrepreneurship side but like asking more like what are you like your like general like hobbies and stuff and how do you think they like help your skills and everything because like I know like I like playing the piano and I feel like yeah. playing the piano for me like um it helps me with engineering and such as like it's easier for me to like learn things quickly because of my piano pieces I have to learn it quickly and like see plan ahead honestly um so how how do your like hobbies or like anything like you like to do like incorporate with um engineering and entrepreneurship ooh i love the question wow i didn't think about incorporation with that because i always try to see how i can get <laughs> but uh, i definitely you know when i get time um i cook a lot um it's very therapeutic for me and it also i think kind of relates to stem because it's very technical you can need to get mm-hmm. the ratios right and you need to get the flavors right uh, so um i cook a lot and um i do experiment with a lot of recipes i love fusion food so i try to see how i can like you know um put a falafel in like a burrito and see if that works out mm-hmm. um you know just like some crazy experimental food um and of course the family is the guinea pig of course um <laughs> but uh, yeah apart from that i i meditate a lot um you know i just take time and uh, do deep breathing exercises would highly recommend this to everyone because um the deep breathing kind of gets your you know blood flowing um and it like they say it gets your prana flowing through the body and you're able to think clearly and you're able to have uh, you know the the all the blocked energy in your body flowing which is needed for an entrepreneur because i do feel energy is the ultimate currency for an entrepreneur um mm-hmm. and you will only get it through meditation and clarity of mind 
um yeah, the third thing i love to do is dance and you know it just uh, also again relates to how it releases the blocked energy because i do feel a human was made to move and mm-hmm. when you do that in joy and music like you know it just rejuvenates you so um i that does tie to engineering because i do need to memorize the sequence of the dance and then you know your memory kind of like works accurately during other things also because you are like developing that muscle yeah yeah that's that's really like nice oh. analogy yeah um so as i think i've gone through all my really like questions so do you have anything you want to like add talk about absolutely firstly isha how are you so brilliant and you know <laughs> this doesn't seem like your first podcast at all <laughs> um, what got you into podcasting i would love to know Oh, for me, it's mainly like I I do listen to like a lot of podcasts. Um, I wanted to actually start one with my friends, but mainly it's like it's really hard to find time for everyone to come in and talk. And for this, I think like I thought this was a really good like opportunity for me to learn more about like startups, like the STEM fields. Like, what my my school is very STEM re- uh revolved, but even then, we don't have like a wide variety of things. We have like electrical engineering, like. Um, computer integrated manufacturing we have computer science but we don't know much like of others um and I just wanted to like maybe like learn a lot more about like the other fields and like especially like entrepreneurship I really wanted to know um so that's why I like created this like podcast to mainly like interview like everyone in the workforce to see like what their insight is because I feel like I'm working towards a goal that I don't really know what it is right now like for me it's like I want to graduate high school and then get like a degree in biomedical engineering, but I don't really know where to go from there. And I want to just like open wow. up my avenues and see many like different ways of like, especially engineering and entrepreneurship. That's, that's mainly why I started like this podcast. So. Ah, that's so interesting. I love how you've connected this to probably open up the avenue of what you're going to do further because you will meet interesting people you learn from them and you will just charter your own path that way so you you're thinking in the right way and so proud <laughs> of you and wow biomedical engineering huh um i'm sure there's uh, you know every, there's engineering and there's medical uh, you know the holy trifecta of everything so mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm sure you would i'm hoping to see you do some really fancy innovative stuff in the biomedical space because you'll bring your engineering entrepreneurship and biomedical skills yeah yeah that's mainly like my end goal i would say i don't know what exactly it is but i want to <laughs> work to it yeah so i'm sure you'll get there so do you have uh, anything else to add on or like um, oh yeah Mm-hmm. I I'm basically you know I just want to thank you for this opportunity because uh, it is so important for all of us to be collaborative and see it didn't matter the time and distance um mm-hmm. you know we we like I think I don't know 3000 miles apart and then um <laughs> but you, I got inspired by you and I will probably talk about you to my students here who are just you know in their getting into undergrad and want them to be podcasters because you thought this might be an avenue for you to you know see mm-hmm. how your future unfolds. um and i'm sure like you know you would want to um inspire more girls in stem probably after picking a few things here and there from this yeah. so it's mutual synergy and um thankful that this this will grow into something bigger um and a collective mo- movement for girls in stem 
Well, thank you so much for being my first guest. I was really excited. Um, yeah. So if you if you no, don't have any other like questions or comments, yeah. I just want to end it on like one like no. Do you have any advice for like future entrepreneurs? Like, um, anything that they should like start with, or any characteristics that they should like develop before fully going on into the entrepreneurship field? Oh, yes, yes. This is um, the most critical part of it all. Um, you know, everybody starts with this like rocket ship pace and they want to make a dent in the universe. Um, and somewhere when the failures hit, um, month on month, there will be a failure. Day on day, there will be a failure. Uh, as I say, entrepreneurship is like eating glass and staring into abyss. <laughs> Somebody who said that is really right about it. That's exactly how it is. And most people lose steam and just give up after one year. Mm -hmm. That is the game changer. You are so close to treasure and you don't even know. So don't ever give up. I think the one skill that they need to build is resilience. No matter every single day you face a failure, you're facing a rejection from your customer, from the product developers, from your own team. Don't give up and find out ways how you can turn around and, and you know, get to your end goal. Um, because that's exactly what happened with the journey. Skill recommendation didn't work at the moment. But then when we started integrating it to a bigger cause of building that skill economy, it definitely started showing, um, you know, good returns. So it took us about like, yeah, it's more than, um, it's 1.5 years now and every single day there was a rejection. I was this close to giving up. I'm mm -hmm. so glad I didn't. And then Stanford believed in us and, you know, the game changed. So um, you never know who is watching you and believing you. So don't give up. Yeah, that's very, very motivational. Oh, well, thank you once again so much for being on my podcast. Um, I'm really well I've learned a lot today and I, I'm pretty sure when I publish this everyone's gonna learn a lot too so thank you once again and um, definitely I'll probably contact thank you in the future you. to learn more and invite you back on so absolutely mm -hmm. oh absolutely I can't wait uh, for you to you know meet my team and we have some eclectic mix of AR VR developers and astrophysicists turned data scientists so they will be a good uh, you know uh, learning um yeah. mechanisms all for you yeah, yeah let's do this <laughs> all right well thank you so all much. the best <laughs> and uh you know i hope you continue with the same enthusiasm and uh bring more girls to stem through you of course of course yeah okay. yeah and i just want to end this off but thanks everyone who's okay. going to be listening to this and i hope you guys tune back in for more entrepreneurship talks and more stem field talks so thanks everyone and this is isha shinoi and and ending the first uh, episode of the get of the uh, from scratch podcasts.